Okay, good morning. So, um, great to see you. Um, so, just while I'm setting up a little bit, I would like you to uh, just chat to anybody that's near you. If you see somebody that's on their own, go chat to them. I'd like you to think of the last instance that you uh, felt angry. So, 30 seconds. I just need to sort myself out. The last instance you felt angry. Thanks for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. Um, so the topic today is uh, dealing with anger, and our current series is called uh, Living the Kingdom, which is based out of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, uh, I've titled it Dealing with Anger Life Hacks. Put your hand up if you know what a life hack is. Life hack is basically a modern term to say it's a, a, a more effective way of doing something. Uh, maybe a slight out-of-the-box way of thinking about something. It's just called a little life hack. So an example would be uh, if you like cooking, getting, uh, and you know when you put an egg, split an egg into a, a, a bowl, you've got the yolk and the white bit, you might use a bottle to suck the yolk out rather than trying to use a spoon. Ooh, I know. That's a life hack. So we're, this is uh, dealing with anger, life hacks. And as you can see, there's two of us doing it. So Anna's helping me out as well. So Anna uh, wrote an anger management course and taught it. So in some ways, I would have been poaching a lot of her material to, to sort of deliver this talk. So actually, Anna's more than qualified to come and share with you some really helpful tips on how to deal with anger whether that's for yourself or to pass on to other people as well. So that's we're, we're going to tag team a little bit as we go along. Um, so is anybody willing to give me an example of what makes you angry? Yes, Dale. And you're roving, Mike, so I apologize. Um, people who drive below the speed limit. <laughs> like. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes, Sarah. Next up, Sarah. People who crackle packets and chew noisily. Yeah, I can understand that. One more. Any more? Anybody up for... Yes, Fran. People that litter the streets. Littering, yes. And, and dog poo as well, yes. All the dog owners in the church, listen up to that one. Um, so things make us angry. And this example of the Coke bottle is, it sort of just stirs you up inside. And if I was asked to dad to hold this, James would get angry, right? <laughs> Later on, he would tell me about it. Um, so I'm not going to do that, just in the interest of keeping James happy and mess. But you get the concept. Anger, the more it builds and builds and builds, and it's not dealt with, it will then come out in some sort of ex explosive way, whatever that happens to look like for you. So that's just an example of anger to get us going. Somebody can drink that at the end if they'd like to. So it's up to you. Um, so, and then just to lay the foundation a little bit. So anger is a really good topic for uh, the cultures of our church. I don't know if you remember the five cultures that the church is sort of striving to be more into. Uh, two of them are honor and the presence of God. And how you deal with anger will influence those things. How you deal with anger and how you honor people, that can look really interesting. <laughs> how you deal with anger and coming into the presence of God can look really interesting as well. So just maybe bear those in mind as we sort of walk through anger and actually how you deal with anger will influence how as a church we pursue those cultures um, and any barriers that might come up. So the second bit, foundation-wise, 
Uh, anger is just one of our emotions to express ourselves. And it's not a sin to feel that emotion. So we really need to be clear on that. Ephesians 4.26 says, In your anger, do not sin. So you can feel it. It's okay to feel it, but it's what you do with it is that can be the sinful part. So let's get really clear. If you're feeling anger, there is no shame about feeling anger, but it's what you do with it that can then become the sin. So that is our foundation, and we're just going to move on. So if you have your Bible with you, I'm learning to love having a physical Bible again. I bought a new one. We are going to read Matthew 5. We're going to read verses 1 and 2 to get a little bit of context. And then we'll go to the bit that's titled Murder. I was tempted to start this talk with saying, I have murdered somebody, but I haven't. It's more dramatic. Um, So the context to this bit. So the bit before chapter 5 is actually quite helpful because it talks about where Jesus has been, all the places that he's visited, uh, like Galilee, uh, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and Jordan. And basically he's accumulated a massive crowd that's come with him along with his disciples. And at this point, Uh, In chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. I don't know about you, but if you sit on a mountainside at the right angle, people can hear you better. Jesus was a smart guy. He knew how to speak to the, the people. So then if we move onwards, so he's got the crowds. We know we are now one of the crowd because we're about to listen to what he says. And verse 21 uh, to 26 says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. It's talking about the Old Testament. Um, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Reka, which is a word for contempt, it's a very strong word, Uh, is answerable to court. And anyone who says you fall will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. Set a matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. And then we're just going to run over to the, uh, to the end of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, which is at 7, 28, 29. Because this is then, so he's gone through all the topics that he wants to address with them, and the last couple of verses here then tell us the crowd's response Um, and they say when Jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law so as one of us as we are the crowd this morning listening to Jesus uh, say what he has said we are to recognize that he has the authority he has the authority on these things Um, we we, we will we will learn a lot uh, from Uh, what philosophers say, from psychologists, um, from all sorts of people about the topic of anger. There's really helpful stuff out there and there's really applicable things, but actually the final authority on this topic is Jesus. Um, And he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us work it through. 
So, um, yeah, so that's just to set the tone, really. Um, so we've got the context. There was a big crowd. We've got Jesus' teaching on it. And the crowd's response was that Jesus spoke with authority and that we need to recognize Jesus' authority in our life as well. So, so like I was saying, I, have, I haven't murdered anybody <laughs> in this reference, but I have experienced anger. I do experience anger. It's a, probably an everyday part of life, from being fed up, irritated, quite annoyed to feel or want to do something about it. And, um, I, you know, as the discussion we started uh, suggests, everybody here has a story of when they last were angry, what they did with it, what they feel they could have done better or how they thought they managed it well. Um, so hopefully it's a really relevant topic as we go along as well. Uh, we're going to split this part of the talk into three things. The, the way that Jesus talks, he talks about our thoughts and our actions, and then he goes on to talk about reconciliation, and then he goes on to talk about do you want to be in prison or do you want to be free from it? So we're just going to split it into those three things. So, and this is where I'm going to hand over to anger. Not anger. <laughs> anger! <laughs> yes, Anna's very angry, not. Um, and so the first question really is, the life hack, uh, how can your approach to anger help? I love that that's my new name. Honestly, I'm a good person to live with, I promise. So, um, yeah, we're going to kind of, um, I've got five life hacks, and, and equally to what Debs has said, um, although you probably could find some of these things on the internet, I think it's important to say that actually these are rooted in truth, and they are rooted in the Bible, um, but they, um, yeah, they, they are practicalities, um, and they're things that actually, as a therapist, I have found helpful, and my clients have help, found helpful as well. So, um, also to say that just because of my vocation, it does not mean that I have feelings altogether. I think quite often people think, oh, if you're a counsellor or therapist or psychologist or any of those people, that you must be very good at managing your feelings. Well, it's a little bit like when we don't take our own advice. Uh, so, yeah. So, like Debbie says, I feel angry, I get angry, um, just like everybody else. But we are people with feelings. We've been made in God's image, and um, he made us with feelings. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I resent that. <laughs> sometimes I'd like to just be like, oh, I really wish I didn't have these feelings, because sometimes it's, it's hard to know how to man manage them well. But it is important that we are not managed by them, but that we manage them. And actually, um, if you look at Christian literature, for, for a number of years, there was a huge amount of books out there, titles like How Not to Feel, or, you know, Don't, don't Feel, um, I don't know, something else. But, but basically, it was saying, you know, don't feel. And actually, again, that is not biblical. We are feeling beings. We, we, it's good to feel. And anger is no exception. Um, but actually, yeah, as Debbie said before, it's the way that we, we manage it. That's the issue. And many of you um, will have had different experiences of anger growing up. Um, you may have had experiences where it was very much repressed, where everything was swept under the carpet and you had an argument and you went to bed and then you got up in the morning and everything was fine. And you kind of was like, oh, all right, that's fine. And so you might have gone on to manage your anger in that way. Or it might have been a lot more um, avert, um, you know, kind of... Um, if, if somebody was angry or if your parents were angry, you knew about it. Um, but, but 
whichever way you were taught, it would have you would have been given verbal and non-verbal messages about anger. And quite often it is that it's bad and that it's a bad feeling. So it's a bad emotion. We tend to, um, it's a, a worldly thing, we tend to split our feelings into good and bad. So good feelings are happy, content, excited. Um, bad feelings are anxious, fear, sadness, anger. So um, one of the things I want to help you dispel this morning is that anger is bad, um, because it is not. Um, but yeah, there, there is a, um, a scale of anger. Um, and as Debbie mentioned, you know, quite often I'll, I'll have people come to me and they say to me, oh, so cross about that, so cross about that. So I say, oh, okay, so you were angry. No, I wasn't angry, I was cross. But, <clears throat> okay, but you know that that's a cross word, right? Or an angry word. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, so there is a scale from miffed, I don't know if anybody, does anyone use the word miffed? Your mum, yeah, okay. So <laughs> it's quite an old word, isn't it? Miffed. Um, and then we've got things like um, uh, annoyed, irritated, um, trying to think of it, frustrated. Frustration's a big, angry feeling, but we, again, we might not put it in that category. Um, all the way down to blind rage. So if you can think of your anger as a scale, that might really help you. Um, and some of you will probably think, well, I don't really get angry. But actually, you get frustrated, you get miffed, you get cross. That means you get angry. So it's important to bear in mind that they are still angry feelings, but they are perhaps a little bit less obvious or a little bit less uh, powerful. Um, and it is really important to give ourselves permission to feel our feelings, but particularly anger, because if we don't, they will go somewhere else. So, um, in my experience, uh, depression can often, and I'm, you know, just disclaimer here, I'm not saying that all depression is caused by this, but sometimes depression can be about anger going inwards. It's a result of not being able to express that we're angry. Maybe something happened to you that was really, really um, difficult and, and you felt very angry about it, but it, it maybe you weren't allowed to feel angry, so therefore you internalized it. And that can then turn into depression. Um, you will end up being quite resentful and bitter if you don't give yourself permission to feel anger. Um, road rage. Anyone? <laughs> I know if I start ranting when I'm on the road, I'm probably angry about something else. So it's worth bearing that in mind. Shout at the TV. Anyone? No. Um, you might become really quite cynical. You might be quite snappy. So there are, it comes out sideways, is what I'm saying. If you don't give yourself permission to feel it, then it will come out somewhere else. Um, whereas if you accept that sometimes we do feel angry and you are feeling angry and acknowledge and give yourself permission to experience the feeling, it's the first step towards dealing with it rather than avoiding it. Cool. So I'm just going to read the first couple of verses again from uh, the bit about murder. It says, so you have heard that it is said to the people long ago, you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment again. Anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, contempt, is answerable to court. And anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. So this bit I'm putting under the thoughts and actions bit. What are your thoughts about permission to feel angry? 
What are your thoughts about how you uh, feel about it? What you've been taught about it? What you've seen about it? What are what have you seen, and what how do you exercise your anger because of what you've learned in how to do it? Um, so this this is really about capturing thoughts and actions. And if you remember Pete and Franz talk a, a, a few weeks back, it was all about capturing thoughts and uh, learning to capture them and then speak out truth into them. So claiming Bible verses around that. And if anger is something that you struggle with, maybe not hugely, but something you want to get a handle on more so, then find these. There's so many verses in the Bible about managing your anger. So claim them, put your name in that verse and say it over yourself. So just apply that as much as you can. Um, and Anna's second life hack uh, is about it being a friend and not a foe. Often anger is a negative thing, but actually there's a way of working with anger which it can become a friend and not something you need to be scared of as well. Yeah, so um, this one, friend not foe. Does anybody know what the purpose of anger is? Because it has a purpose. Absolutely, that's a great answer. Yeah, so there is there is just anger, which obviously God talks a lot about in the Bible, um, you know, where where something is, is um, not just and it's not fair. So it's actually a warning sign, anger. Um, it, it, it tells us when something is not right. So it often tells us when somebody has crossed one of our boundaries, whether that be, for example, a physical boundary. So say, for example, somebody touches us inappropriately. That would result in us feeling very angry because somebody has crossed our boundary, or somebody hit us equally, physically crossing our boundary. Or even somebody might get right up in your personal space, and that might feel really uncomfortable because it's crossed a boundary. Equally, mentally, maybe somebody's undermined you. Maybe somebody's ignored you. Maybe somebody's belittled you in some way. Again, that is crossing of a boundary. It's not respecting you. It's not honouring you. And so these things then tell, our, our body effectively tells us. I'm going to go on to talk about how physical anger is. It's a very physical feeling. You know, sadness comes with a, a kind of sense of, um, you know, depression and kind of, um, I suppose, lethargy, whereas anger comes with a lot of energy. And um, so, yeah, so maybe it's because somebody has, has crossed that boundary or emotionally, emotionally abused in some way, dismissed, somebody's dismissed our feelings. Rather than thinking of anger as something that's bad, maybe it's important to think about, you know, rather than suppressing it, ask yourself, what is it telling me? If I feel angry, what information... Is, is this trying to give me? Rather than suppressing it, you go, well, I shouldn't feel angry, but I do. Actually, okay, take a step back. What is this emotion telling me? What information can I glean from it? And what do I need to do next? So um, if, though, you're finding yourself feeling quite frustrated or, um, or, or irritated quite a lot of the time, some questions to ask yourself... Um, and using anger as a kind of friend, not a foe, is to um, maybe ask yourself, are my expectations too high of myself? I know about this one. I mentioned last week, actually, when I brought a word about being perfectionist. And quite often my anger is triggered um, because I can't do something in the way that I want to or 
Um, you know, and I get angry with myself, and it's often because my expectations are quite high. And actually, being angry with ourselves and being with un- uh, angry with somebody else is just as damaging. Um, and it's God doesn't want God's not angry at us; He doesn't want us to be angry at ourselves or others. Um, but I, I am trying to control instead of letting God be in charge. Often, our anger might surface. You're feeling frustrated because you're trying to control a situation rather than giving it back to Jesus. Um, Maybe you're not asserting your boundaries. So being aggressive is not great, but being assertive is important. And if somebody has crossed you, for example, or, or pushed a boundary and you feel angry about it, this is about being assertive and sharing that with somebody in an honoring, loving way. Um... But actually, just being being a Christian doesn't mean we're a doormat. It doesn't mean we have no boundaries. It doesn't mean that we just let people kind of, you know, we don't say no. Or, or actually, sometimes it's really important to assert our need and be able to say, actually, you know, I need this. And when you said that, that really hurt me. That is a need. You are expressing your feelings. Um, that, you know, that that will um, be a healthy way to go about it. Um, so rather than thinking of our anger as a foe, actually think of it as a helpful warning sign. Cool. So reconciliation is the next bit. So that's about the thoughts and the feelings. And it's per- permission to feel anger. It's a friend and a f- not a foe. Um, and it's right, it's, it's great to use it when justice, God is seeking justice in situations. Um, so what about reconciliation? What, it's such a long word, isn't it? I sort of had to look up what it meant as well. And um, it's basically restoring back to you or somebody else, bringing back together. Um, so often we experience anger, but don't necessarily go and deal with it in how the Bible asks us to. We experience it and then we go, oh, and it's subsided and it's dealt with now. But actually God asks us in this part, Jesus is saying really clearly, that before you bring your gifts to God, if you have an issue with somebody um, or an issue in your own heart, go deal with it. Go speak to that person. It might be that they don't receive you, but that's not the point. It's about bringing and saying, look, I'm sorry, or I'm feeling angry about this because of this. And that's just part of reconciliation and bringing things back together. Um, Because I know there's a few circumstances in my life where uh, the anger doesn't exist until I see the person. You know, it's not often the way, but I, I'm all fine and good. I think I've got it under wraps until I see the person. And then it's like, bosh, you're like, oh, man, do I have to speak to them? And they're like, do I? I'll just walk the opposite direction. But there, and that shows that I haven't reconciled <laughs> as Jesus teaches. Um, so it's a really, really healthy thing to do to reconcile with uh, the person that you're angry with or the situation that you're angry with. Um, not only because it's God God's saying it's good for us, but actually it helps us step into his presence so much easier. Uh, that there's, you know, it's like trying to jump a hundred hurdles, isn't it, before you've reached God, because he's going, oh, let's just deal with this before we get there. Let's just deal with this. But actually, if you're being proactive and reconciling um, the things that are making you angry, the people that are making you angry, or the, the situations... When we come into, even on a Sunday morning, come to worship, there'll be a freedom which comes, which you wouldn't have experienced potentially otherwise. Um, So, yeah, reconciliation is really important. Um, I'm just aware of the time. So, 
I'm going to read James 1, 19 to 20. So if you have James in your Bible, um, you might have a different version to me, which you prefer to read. Um, I'm going to read quite a bit of it. Um, Because I love the book of James, really practical book. So if you're looking for a little book to read sort of this coming week, go for James. Um, It's excellent. And he says, so it's about listening and doing. Um, And this is going to bring us on to life hack number three, which is about not collecting stamps and the one we're going to finish on today. Um, So James says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So do not merely listen to the word, like what Jesus taught us in the the, um, Sermon on the Mount. Do not merely listen to it. Um, Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But whoever looked intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, uh, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Um, so as we sort of we, we talk about the issue of anger, reconciliation, the thoughts and your experiences, is don't go away to get it today and just forget about it. Talk, talk about this talk with somebody else. Anger is a topic that everybody can engage with. (laughs) They all experience it. They all have different ways of dealing with it. Um, And it's really helpful to do that. Um, And Anna's just going to bring number three. Don't collect stamps. Okay, so um, (laughs) it's a bit of a funny one. But I don't know where I actually heard this concept before. But what I mean about this is, is don't stamp collect is... Every time um, you feel frustrated with someone and you don't deal with that, you put a stamp in your pocket. Uh, So say, for example, you know, uh, your husband didn't put the bins out uh, when you asked him to, so you feel irritated. But you don't actually address it. You just just put it in your pocket. And it gets to the point where that pocket gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then something will happen. I'm sure you've all been here. And it will be really small. And then somebody will get your wrath. (laughs) And it's not pleasant to be on the end of. But you have not dealt with the miffed, the cross, the frustrated at the time. You've just swept it. You put it in your pocket. And then eventually you won't just be angry about that one thing about the bins. You'll be angry about two months worth of stuff. Um, and that person will receive it, and then it will seem like your anger is really out of proportion. So what I would say is is deal with each individual thing. Now, obviously, there's, there's wisdom in that, but it, it's about, you know, I'll give you an example. Me and Debbie, we've lived together for quite a long time, and we, we never argue, but the only thing that we do, or that I find frustrating is the way we decide to do the washing up we've had many a discussions about this um i like to do it all at once she likes to leave it and do it you know a day later um and (laughs) it's true it's true but it's okay we've talked about it um but you know there will be times where i find myself getting really frustrated and in in the olden days i used to really sit on that and i used to stew and i used to think 
you know, she's not respecting me and, and, and it's just one thing. Why can't she do it? Why can't she do it the way I wanted it done? Um, and actually now we've got to a place where I have learned to be able to go to her and say, look, this is really bothering me and I'm sorry and I know that we've gone over this issue so many times but I just need to say it. And it will be a five-minute conversation, then I won't feel angry anymore because I've addressed the issue and I haven't put that stamp in my pocket. Um, it might not always be as explosive. Some of you in here with anger may uh, withdraw. Um, anyone given the silent treatment? This is actually um, just as bad as exploding because it's really controlling. It's really um, kind of, you, you are refusing to engage with that person and being on the receiving end of that is actually really painful. Um, so equally, um, if you can deal with it as you come, don't collect those stamps, deal with it, then you won't get to that point where you feel like um, you know, your anger is managing you. Cool, uh, we were gonna do an illustration with a balloon, but I won't get angry about the fact that you forgot. <laughs> But it's little things, it's lots of little things that can influence how you experience anger. Uh, it can be not doing the washing up, but it impacting somebody else. It can be so many things. Um, so, yeah, think about your thoughts and your actions, your experience of how you've learned to deal with anger, what Jesus tells us to do. Reconcile, reconcile with the other person, reconcile with the situation so that... You may bring your gift to God and do it in the last bit, not as a prisoner. It talks really clearly at the end. Um, you might go to court. You might become a prisoner. You can become a prisoner to your feeling of anger. And it, mean, it might impact your relationships, uh, how you engage with other people. It can be so corrosive um, to your health, your mental health and your physical health. Um, I don't know if you've noticed recently that there's so much more research and uh, awareness of how your mental health impacts your body. You get IBS, you get uh, psoriasis, you can lose your hair, you can, your toenails, your fingernails can drop off. Like so many things, your body needs you to look after itself. And that one of those things is dealing with the emotions that you experience. And one of those is anger. Um, and just to sort of finish really, is that um, we have a helper we're not doing this on our own. And this is the difference between what the world teaches about dealing with anger and what we know about dealing with anger is that Jesus said, when I leave you, I leave you someone far greater than me, the Holy Spirit. And he is going to be here all the time with each and every one of you. It's not going to be like Jesus where he was stuck in one place, but he can be with all of us whenever we're dealing with any situation. So when it's, again, capturing those thoughts, Holy Spirit, help me deal with this uh, feeling. I don't know what to do with it. Holy Spirit, help me speak to this person about this issue that's occurred. Holy Spirit, just help me know what to do in this moment because I am losing it. Um, and the Holy Spirit will help, but he wants to do it with you, not forcing on you. So ask. Ask the Holy Spirit to be your helper. Um, and transformation can happen. Small things. We know that... Um, Sort of generally, uh, the world teaches that it's hard work. Habits can change in like 28 days if you do it every day. And they might say, well, may maybe change your habit over, you know, the way you think for 28 days in a row and you'll be better for that particular thing. But we know the Holy Spirit, things can change in a moment. That things can be unlocked, chains can be broken, uh, your restoration and healing can come. And it might be that you need that, that you need a moment with the Holy Spirit just to transform 
your heart and for uh, him to be allowed in. So um, we're going to come back to worship. And maybe if we just close our eyes, I would suggest, and just think about for yourself, what does anger look like to me? Holy Spirit, come and meet me in this place of anger uh, that I experience and what can be changed? Come and change me.